Hello, friends. Welcome to Village Idiots of Christ. We're Nuts for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. We're in 1 Corinthians today. Sorry, I've been, uh, sorry if I've missed you guys. I was exceedingly tired yesterday. And last week, last week I was at my father's house from Wednesday on, so I didn't get a chance to do any of these. Um, next, <laughs> next two weeks, starting next third week from Thursday, I'm going to be on vacation. But if while I'm on vacation, I can do one of these a day, I'll try, um, the only thing is I'm I'm moving <laughs> I'm moving two households pretty much by myself. No complaining here, but I have you all can pray for me. I have a tremendous amount of work. It's not the physical labor; it's just the logistics of it. So, uh, one house has we're basically switching houses, and so I don't want to get into all the particulars, but it's you know it's just a lot. So just pray for me. Pray that I get it done. I get it done in a good way, and then all is well. So. We are in one of the pivotal chapters of the entire Bible. This is the foundational chapters of all chapters. If you don't get this one right, you don't get any of them right. Everything is built on the principle of love. Why? God is love. And so he is the foundation of everything. I mean, that makes total sense. God designed everything. He built everything. And his ultimate way is himself, love. And so this chapter... Um, I mean, I'm not good at memorizing stuff, but if I was going to try and memorize a whole chapter in the Bible, and it's only 13 verses, it's not that long, but this is one worth memorizing. This is one getting into your heart. Nothing is more important than love. The two guiding principles of the entire Bible are faith and love. Faith is the only thing that pleases God, and love is the only way we overcome in this life. And... Um, that's why my favorite verse is Galatians 5 verse 6. The only thing that matters, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. How does faith express itself? Through love. What's the proof of faith? Your love. And it's just beautiful. And so, uh, two minute introduction here, but this is going to go probably a little long, maybe not, because I want to break each verse down. This is important stuff. So, Paul starts this by saying, and now I will show you the most excellent way. The most excellent way is love. Nothing trumps love. I believe those that the the ones that are in heaven that will be have the highest place will be those that love the most. And so, and and again, love has been polluted and corrupted. You know, people say, "Well, God is a God of love." Yes, He is. And they forget about His justice. They forget about judgment. They forget about recompense. They forget about that. Everybody's going to be held accountable, especially outside of Christ, held accountable for their actions. And so they take this, they take love and they water it down into nothing. They water it down into this God as some big panda bear in the sky. And there couldn't, there, there's no way there could be a hell. And hey, God is love, but God is also just. And love, love is just. There can't be love without true justice. There has to be just, there has to be justice to be love. Things have to be balanced out and right. Love love does not allow things to go unpunished because it's not right. Love always acts in rightness. Love always acts in integrity. Always. So let's read this. So now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongue of men and angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So if you have the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, either of the tongues of men, natural tongues, or the tongues of angels, but you have not love. You're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You're just a loud noise. And 
Unfortunately, a lot of people get caught up in the spiritual gifts, healing, speaking in tongues, prophecy, discernment, um, administration, and different kinds of things, or the fivefold ministry, pastor, not prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and see, see, I had him, pastor, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and something else. There's a fivefold ministry, brain's dead. But even if you're walking in the fivefold ministry, you have the gifting, but you don't have it in love, you're nothing. Love is the baseline for everything. Even in the spiritual gifts, love is the baseline. And so a lot of people get in spiritual pride. Oh, I can speak in tongues and you can. I can heal people and you can't. And, and oh, our church believes in speaking in tongues. Our church believes in healing. Our church believes in prophecy. And all these other people over here don't believe in these things. Be careful. Be careful. Pride will kill you. Pride will make you blind. Pride makes you contentious. Pride makes you God's enemies. And pride leads to a fall. A lot of people get caught up in the gifting, but forget the basis of the gifting is love. Like I always say, if you've got a Bible in one hand and a gun in the other, you're doing it wrong. So no matter what spiritual gift you have, if you have it outside of love. And see, God gives gifts without repentance. God gives gifts without... God will give you the gift, but what you do with it is your choice. And so... Again, sorrowful. Verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. I don't firstly understand how you can have all these things outside of love. But even, I think it's Matthew or Mark 7, where Jesus said, many people come to him on the day of judgment and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, perform many miracles, and cast out many demons? And Jesus said to them on that day, I never knew you, depart depart from me, you evildoers. These people who did not know Jesus were using the name of Jesus for miracles, for casting out demons, and for doing all these, Jesus' name is powerful, but... But they were using it in vain. They used it outside of a relationship with him. They just they just spoke his name. And it's the same thing here. A person has the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have a faith that moves mountains but has not love. They're nothing. I don't understand how you can have prophecy, fathom all mysteries and knowledge and have a faith that moves mountains but have not love. But obviously you can. If it's saying here, if you have all of this but have not love. Man, if I could say to the mountain, I say Mount Everest, Mount Everest, move into, move into the sea, and it flies into the sea, but I do it outside of love, I gain nothing. It isn't the, the, the this is the, this is the principle. The, the fruit of the Spirit is more important than the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is speaking in tongues and prophecy and, and healings and things like that. You don't want to walk in the, the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, speaking without the fruit of the Spirit. And the, the number one fruit is love. Those, If you just look at that list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those are beautiful things. All of those are provided by the Spirit. And that's everything we should base ourselves. I like two of my favorites are in that list. Uh, joy unspeakable, full of glory, peace that surpasses understanding and knowledge. Two of my four favorites. The other two are contentment and rest. But two of my four favorites are there is is peace and joy. And man, I base my life on those, well, the four things, but those two things out of that list. I want peace and I want joy at all costs. We have to base what we are in Christ and who we are in Christ on, on a loving heart. Amen. Let's continue on here. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flame, but I am I have not love, I gain nothing. Man, you see where the yardstick, the ultimate yardstick to God is love. You know, if, if you're, you know, they, they used to be burned at the stake as martyrs. Can you imagine a guy being burned and he's just full of pride while he's being burned? Ah, you guys suck. See me up here. God's going to bless me. Blah, 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 blah. I'm giving up my life for Jesus. The rest of you guys are idiots. <laughs> Wouldn't that suck? You die. And then you stand before Jesus. So, man, yeah, I'm glad you gave my life up for me. But why didn't you love anybody? Man, you've all met these people at church, man. Man, they have no love. They have no love. It's sorrowful. Though I give all I possess, pour through my body, I have not love, I gain nothing. I'm only in the three first three verses, and I'm eight and a half minutes in. Here, and you can replace love here with God. God is love. So you can say, um, it's love is patient, love is kind. God, I like to replace these with God because God and love are synonymous. So I'm replacing when it says love here, I'm going to say God. God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He is not rude. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered, and he keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. He always protects, trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. God never fails. It, it does something for me when I when I put God there instead of love because they're synonymous with each other. We'll do it one more time. God is this is verse four through the beginning of verse eight. God is love. God is patient. Uh, God is kind. He does not envy. Does not boast. He is not proud. He is not rude. He is not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. He always protects, trusts, always always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. Why? Because he's love. <laughs> love can never fail. Love is love and humility. They're running buddies. Love and humility are always the right answer. Always the right answer. Love and humility lead to forgiveness. All the good things come out of love and humility. Faith comes out of that. You know, forgiveness comes out of that. All the good things, the basis of love and humility, love and humility are so powerful. I just threw humility in there. It's so so important in this hour. God never fails. But where there are prophecies, watch this. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there is, where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. See, love is the only thing that will remain. Someday, we're going to be one with the Father. The Bible says we're going to be one. And we're going to know as we're fully known. That's coming up here. But all of these things, prophecies and tongues and all of these, that's for this life. But in the future, right now, faith is without sight. The evidence, faith is the evidence of things unseen. Pretty soon, when we cross the finish line, either the death, the rapture, Christ's return, we're going to no longer have faith, no longer need faith, because it's all going to be sight. That's when all this, that's when, that, but where there are prophecies, they'll cease. There'll be no need for prophecy in heaven. Where there are tongues, they'll be still. There'll be no need for speaking in tongues in heaven. Where there is knowledge, they'll pass away. Again, that's the, the, the peripheral knowledge. We're always going to have knowledge, but that's knowledge of this world. For we know in part, this, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, that's the end. That's when eternity comes, the imperfect disappears. Man, eternity is coming. And in eternity, again, right now we know in part and prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, when etern- because eternity is going to be perfect, and we're going to be perfect in eternity. When perfection or eternity comes, imperfect or the temporal passes away disappears 
when I was a child. And that's how we are right now. We're all like little toddlers before God. We're like little children. Right? That's why the Bible says you got to change and become little children to enter the kingdom. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. See, right now we're thinking, talking, act, uh, we're we're um, talking, thinking, and reasoning like children because we don't have full knowledge. We don't have full wisdom yet. When I became a man, I put childish ways before me, a beat uh, behind me. We will become, we will be full-grown adults when we enter into eternity, either through the rapture, through death, through the through Lord's return. When we when we cross the veil of either death, the rapture, however we're going to cross into eternity, that's when we become men and women of 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 true faith, adults. Let's put it that way: we become adults. I became. Uh, see, when I became a man or an adult, including women, here you got to be, <laughs> you got to say these things in this hour. I put childish ways behind me. But now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. This is, verse 12 is so important. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Man, I love that. Now we see, the way we see God now is a poor reflection as in a mirror. But someday, and even Moses, think this, we're going to see God face to face. It says that in Revelation, we're going to see his face. Even Moses, in all his humility, the most humble man on the face of the earth could not see the face of God and live in his mortal body. But someday we're going to see God face to face when we're in our perfect immortal bodies, when we've been translated from, from this life into the life to come. And then, get this, now I know in part, then I... then. Now I know in part, then I shall know full, fully, even, oh, wait a minute, um, let's see. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully, perf we're going to have perfect minds. Right now we know in part, we have, the Bible is basically cliff notes. The Bible's enough to get us to God, that there's so much beyond the Bible coming in eternity, so many more things to learn. John said at the end of John, if everything Jesus had written down, Everything Jesus said was written down. Even the whole world couldn't contain the books. God has so much more to teach us, so much more to show us. And we're going to have full knowledge. Get this. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We are fully known by God, and we are going to know fully. Now, I don't think that includes God himself. I think for eternity, uh, we're going to be spending time learning. We're going to, all of our time, is at least in part, is going to be spent learning about God. But we're going to have a perfect knowledge, something we can't, you know, like they say you use 5% of your brain or 2% or 10%. Man, we're going to have full comprehension. Our minds, if we have a, a mind like this, we're going to have full comprehension of all knowledge. Except I think, again, I exclude God in that because I don't think anyone, we could ever fully know God. We're going to spend eternity pursuing him in knowledge to learn more about him. So we're going to be fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love trumps everything. Love is greater than hope, and love is greater than faith. Now, faith and hope work together. I mean, faith and love work together, Galatians 5, 6. But the most powerful thing in the world, the most powerful thing in the world is love. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart above all things. It's the wellspring life. I was talking to my friend Dwight today, and we got talking about, well, he's, he's like, what if someone's quoting the Bible at me, 
And, you know, how do I know? Because he says he's been deceived. He talked about being deceived so much. So many people coming at him with the Bible, yet their hearts weren't right. I said, this is how you tell. If someone comes at you in love with the word of God and they're coming at you in a loving way, that's a good test of their heart. Because the Bible says that what's in someone's heart comes out of their mouth. So if someone's coming at you with violence in their mouth, that means there's violence in their heart towards you. Even if they can quote the word of God, even Satan himself quoted the word of God to Jesus after he had been in the desert and fasted for 40 days. He said, he, you know, uh, he, he quoted to the, <laughs> Lucifer used the word, tried to use the written word against the living word, Jesus, real stupid. And, but he said, you know, it is written, you know, uh, that, you know, the angels will, he will command his angels concerning the guardian. He was trying to tempt Jesus to prove himself through a physical action and, um, or by worshiping him. And so Satan, of course, has no love, and he never used the word of God in a correct way. So there are, you you will get into circumstances where people are coming at you with a Bible in one hand and a gun in the other hand. And my friend Dwight said, well, I'm in that situation, what I do? I don't know enough word to combat someone like that. You don't combat people like that. You, the Bible says only by pride comes contention. Never get in contention against a contentious person. Wish them well. Say, hey, sorry, we can't talk no more. Have a good day and walk away as fast as you can. The Bible says in Titus 3.10, warn a contentious or argumentative person once, warn him again, then have nothing more to do with him. Such a person is warped and self-condemned. King James says, warn a heretic once, then warn him again, then have nothing more to do with him. Contention, arguing pride is heresy to God. It's heretical. It's a betrayal of God. Being in all of this pride, it, it drives God crazy. But again, the greatest is love. And so... Always measure. When someone's coming at you, measure them by their love for you. Are they speaking kind words to you? Is there, can you tell their heart's okay towards you? Are they just coming at you that they're, they're right and you're wrong? They're correct and you're not. Are they coming at you in that kind of violence? If they are, walk away. Because, because again, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It doesn't matter how much faith or how much word someone has. It doesn't matter they can speak in tongues. It doesn't matter they can move mountains. If that faith isn't expressed in love, it means nothing to God. It is worthless. It is dung. It is a stench in the nostrils of God. Just don't, don't, don't subject yourself to that. If you can avoid it, walk away if at all possible. And remain at peace. And then do, do the loving thing. Pray for that guy. That's why we pray for our enemies. That God might get a hold of their hearts. When someone attacks you like that with the Bible and a gun, pray for him. As, you walk, as you're walking away, Lord, pray for this guy. This guy's, this guy's lost. Lord, this guy has got violence in his heart. He's coming at me wrong, Lord. Pray, I'm praying for him. That's love. That's why we love praying and forgive our enemies. It's one of the greatest. <laughs> you want to blow the devil's mind? Pray for the guys. You know, if, if, if we go through a tough time in, in this country, if we go through martyrdom, I pray in my heart if I am to be executed for Christ. This is just between you and me. If I am ever to be, if, if, my, if God calls me to give up my life for Christ, I pray I will have enough, um, enough of presence of God and presence of his love in my heart. That I can look right at that guy about to execute me and say, I forgive you for this, and I'm praying for your soul. I want to. I want to forgive the guy who's about to pull the rope on the guillotine, or about to pull the pull his finger, put his finger on the trigger and shoot me, or about to hang me. If I'm to be martyred for Christ, I want to be able to love the guy perfectly. That's about to to about to execute me as a testimony of God's love. You don't think that has effect, man? That'll have an effect. And I don't want. I'm praying for that that guy that put me to death. That he will come to knowledge of Christ, and I'll get to see him in heaven with his heart broken and repentant. 
and turning to God and receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. That to me is the pinnacle. Again, that's a personal thing. I just throw that out there for you personally. Pray for your enemies. Love them. Forgive them. Man, that's what it's all about. Loving those who don't love us. It's easy to love people who love you. When you love people who don't love you, you're fulfilling what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's, again, such things, there's no law. Love you, love you.